The Theonauts, episode 115. The one where we feast. The Theonauts Podcast. Christian news from around the globe. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Explore the vast reaches of God's word. Hello, all you Theo Hagamatsas. I'm David Gaddy. I'm Jeremiah Orr. <laughs> Bless you, David. <laughs> together we are the, the Theonauts. Theo that actually worked really well. That yeah, we're getting it together. <laughs> How you doing, David? Pretty good, man. Can't, a, can't complain. Had a good holiday. Yeah. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Yes. Our our own little feast. Oh yeah, we had we had a, a great weekend. So my yeah. family and I, we had a good time, uh, even with the. Black Friday stuff happening all around us. <laughs> Somehow managed to. I totally avoided it this year. Well, I didn't go to town any. Yeah, but you know, it's just all everywhere in my. You know they're 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 figuring out their game plan for yeah. the Black Friday. Where to go first and where yeah. to end up? Do thing, they go in Sherman? Is that thing running over? There? It is running. It feels really good, but. Yeah, but it's messing. It it's messing with me. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> <laughs> so do they go to Sherman? Where do they go? They go. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay. They just go to Sherman. That's not bad. The big metropolitan area of Sherman, of Texas. Sherman, Texas. Yeah, it's great. But, um, but yeah, the guys we hung out. Oh, okay. So this is so cool. I don't know how much of this to tell without getting. I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. But, okay. So my, um, my granddad passed away like oh man it's almost 30 years ago now 25 years ago maybe wow um yeah i guess so it's right after melanie and i got married yeah so nearly 30 years and anyway um he passed away and um my the relationship with my dad and and his uh stepmom wasn't all that great so we kind of lost contact right with them for years well my stepmom passed away uh, a couple of years ago, or, or his stepmom, my my grandmother, uh, from that standpoint. Anyway, she passed passed on, and um, there was this bridge that got built between my dad and his stepbrothers and sisters. Oh yeah, and they were like, "Hey, we've got a lot of your dad's stuff if you want it." And my dad's like, of course I want yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so he, they said, well, bring a trailer. <laughs> wow. Well, my, my grandpa was a mechanic. And so he had all these tools, like tons and tons and tons of tools. And they've been just sitting there. Like these are old tools, like from the 40s and the 50s. Wow. And, and, uh, it, and so he had all this stuff. My dad just loaded them up. Well, my, my granddad's dad mm-hmm. was a cop. In um in Farmersville, and in fact, there's like Gaddy Street and all kinds of stuff down there. <laughs> oh in, yeah, yeah. In, in Farmersville, I've drove driven by. Yeah, that. it's named after him. Wow. So anyway, so some of his stuff was in here as well. Wow. So my great granddad stuff, and like there was an old siren that he had on his oh wow car. And anyway, my my dad just came back giddy as a sure. child. You know, he's got this this trailer load full of stuff, and he was like Thanksgiving. You and me, and uh, well, I'm, he said, I'm going to sit there. I'm going to go through it, sort it all out. And he says, on Thanksgiving, you and Brian, my brother, we'll, we'll go. Y'all pick out what you want. And wow. he says, I've already got everything that I want to use and keep sure. for keepsakes. And y'all can get what you want. And so we just kind of went through all this stuff. Man, so cool because I'm such a nostalgic guy anyway. I bet, yeah, that's amazing. Man, I've got these old tools like sickles and... and and woodworking tools like you do with your uh with for woodworking but it's all right. like hand tools yeah like the the old hand the turned scr- uh, screw thing. Yeah. drill yeah the handheld drill handheld saws anyway i just got a bunch of stuff like that and i got some stuff i'm not going to mention because i don't <laughs> it can't be made, it can't be made public knowledge that i'm in possession oh wow <laughs> 
That's cool. Of, of some of the cool things that was in there. Yeah. But back in the 40s, it wasn't a big deal. Right. But anyway, it was just really cool. Um, what we, what we, what we, what we, uh, did. That's so it was, super It was special, a bonding though. thing too, yeah. I think, you know, between me and my dad and my brother yeah. to kind of go through grandpa's stuff. He's got all these tools with his initials. He, he carved or engraved his initials onto even the little, uh, open-ended wrenches. Yeah. I mean, just like everything. It's really cool. <laughs> but anyway, so That's we had a good weekend. Neat. That's so great, man. I, I totally get what you're feeling. Whenever my granddad passed away, my dad gave me his... His uh, pocket knife and one of his wedding stones. Mm. And, you know, it's my prized possession. Yeah. I, it's special. So legacy. It is. It's legacy. So how was your uh, holiday? It was good. We went to Kansas and hung out with the family. Oh, uh, we got something cool, too. So um, my grandmother, Ethel, whenever she was, uh, um, well, about to pass away. Uh, actually, no. Whenever... My my dad's four brothers, they're all, the first names start with B. Yeah. Um, Blake, Butch, Blaine. Anyways, uh, Uncle Blaine, one year for his birthday, my grandmother Ethel bought him this ring, this little ring that had a B on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like, I don't know, it's, it's like a stainless steel ring or something. And it's just this little dinky thing, but it made all the other brothers jealous. So... <laughs> Jealous, so uh, <laughs> so he hit it. Uncle Blaine hit it, and he never wore it or anything. And yeah. He kept it since the, I don't know, the seventies. You know, that's when this. So uh, whenever they were down uh, last, my uncle Blaine brought it to Dad and said, "I want Blakely to have this ring." Oh, so Blakely has this little, you know, precious little awesome. B ring from her her great aunt Ethel, great no <laughs> great grandmother Ethel, yeah. Great great grandmother Ethel because it's my great grandmother right, Ethel. Right. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty neat. So the moral to the story is, you know, you're gonna forget what you did on Black Friday. That's right. But you'll remember the times that you spend with your family. With your family and, that, and you know that's being so family. special. So so that's awesome. Absolutely special. So we're ready to get rolling. Let's do it, man. It's another special request episode. Yeah. So we're... Who, uh, who requested this one? I don't remember. Meredith. Oh, did she? I, I, I told her... To, she, she she came up with the last two. And I was oh, like, yeah, that's right. hey, you're on a roll. Keep, yeah. Keep feeding this these things. <laughs> so anyway, what we're going to talk about is the Feasts of Israel. Yeah. Because the, there is significance to the Feasts. And a lot of people don't even really know what all these things were. Right. Right. Uh, and they almost skip past it, you know, whenever yeah, they read Passover. Or, yeah, everyone kind of knows Passover yeah. and Yom Kippur, maybe. Right. But it seems like all the other ones kind of get lost in the mix. Sure. And, and if you were to ask the average Christian, what was the Feast of Tabernacles? And or the Feast did, of Booths. And how did that work? Right. <laughs> uh, you would probably get a bunch of uh, deer in the headlights. I don't know. <laughs> Look, so that's what we're going to talk about. And so... Oh man, I I did a study on this like years ago. As you can see, I was kind of um, detailed about it. Very detailed. <laughs> so uh, we to kind of conserve time, we're going to I guess kind of rush through it, through it because we don't. You could really make an a series out of this. Oh sure, I mean you could do like one episode per feast a and seven week series because on it. it's so rich. That's right. In um in content like. Because you know how we love models and types, types and, shadows. and shadows. And um, this is full of Oh, it. yeah. I mean, this is like full of types and shadows. And so we're going to be uh, uh, kind of blowing and going here. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to feature seven feasts. And the reason why I picked this, these seven is because they're the feasts of the Old Testament. Right. They're the feasts that were... They're under the old law, uh, so we're not going to really talk touch on Hanukkah much because we talked a little bit about it last week. It, it came along after the fact, right? Doesn't mean it's you know insignificant. In insignificant. fact, Jesus practiced Hanukkah. It was Correct. A, it's an important feast, but but we really wanted to look at things that these seven were ancient and they're and they echo Christ. I that's mean, right. they're models and they're for Christ exactly. And so. Um, 
So anyway, let's start. Well, let's start with um, a scripture that I want to go on all the way back to, to the beginning. In Genesis, the first chapter, verse 14, uh, God is like setting up the lights in the sky. Mm-hmm. And it says, God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them be signs to indicate seasons and days and years. Well, um, days and years, we can figure that out pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. But when he says seasons here, the word is uh, homoiadin, which means appointed times. So in other words, there's going to be appointed times and these uh, night the, the the stars in the sky and the and everything and where the sun is and where the moon is these things are going to be a sign for when certain things should occur right and these are how they determine the feast so uh, it's also good to note that there was a different calendar than what we're used to right and so we're going to be referring to uh, Jewish months quite a bit and here's the way. Uh, things worked. In the ancient Hebrew, there was, um, uh, once again, 12 months, kind of like what we have now. Um, The very first month of the year was Tishri. Um, That equates to, for us, September-October time frame. Okay. Uh, So you had Tishri, uh, Shezvan, Shizlu, Tevet, Shavat, Adar, Nizan, Ilyar, Zivan, Tammuz, Av, and Ilul. Now, most of those we're not going to touch on, but that's the order in which they occur. Um, however, Passover, as we know, is an important feast. To the, is probably the centerpiece. Oh yeah, feast for uh, the ancient for the Israelites, and there was this big event that caused all that. And uh, so it's going to be the first feast we talk about, right? Passover. But one, there's a significant thing that happened at Passover. Passover occurred in the on the fourteenth day of the month Nisan, which falls in our March April time frame. Right. Um. The very first Passover, obviously, was when the children of Israel were entrenched in slavery in Egypt in Egypt mm-hmm. and you had the ten, the 10 plagues happen and the last one this thing occurred where they had to uh, kill a lamb mark their their doors with blood right. and the angel of death would pass over their right. door it was the death of the firstborn which was the worst plague out of all the 10 plagues and it ended with Pharaoh's own son dying and Pharaoh saying, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Basically. So it was the key event exactly. that led to their exodus. Right. And uh, so God says, you're going to do this forever. <laughs> That's pretty much what he said. Yeah. You're going to do this every year. You're going to remember this. And this is, in fact, this is going to be so important to you now. Nizon's going to be your first month. Yeah. So they he, God changed their calendar completely. And went, okay, yes, we know, I know that Nizon is the seventh month, but from now on, it's the first month. It's the first month. So in the New Testament, when you hear them talk about months and they say the second month or the third month or whatever, they're talking about this new order. The new order, yeah. But if you go back prior to Moses and you you read in the Old Testament, the first month, second month, whatever, it's not on the same calendar. We're talking about, and so this is going to be significant when we get to uh, one of the the feasts a little bit further. Right. So let's talk a little bit about Passover. Um, So Passover is the 14th of Nisan. It's a meal to signify the Passover of God's spirit to slay the firstborn of Egypt, uh, which happens in in Genesis, uh, or sorry, that's Exodus, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I have the wrong scripture written down here. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's <coughs> Exodus chapter 1 and 2, right? No, it's uh, chapter 12 Is of, it? of Exodus. That's I, just, right. I just wrote Genesis on my notes here. But anyway, um, so there's a model that happens here, and, it's, and, and the model's really deep. We could spend the entire episode talking about Passover. <laughs> but let's just touch on uh, on a few things. Okay. Um, there's an interesting thing that happens at Passover, Um on the 10th day of, of Nizan, 
So this is four days prior to the actual Passover. A lamb is presented to the priest. Now, so how this worked is you raise this lamb in your home, and uh, it was treated differently than all the rest because right. it was kept perfect. It was like unblemished. It had to be the best one you had, and you basically kept it as a pet right. the whole year. It had to mean something to you. And then on the 10th day of Nizan, you would present this to the priest, and the priest would a- ask you, do you love the lamb? And you had to answer, yes, I do. And and so then that's when the they would take it and approve it and say, okay, yes, this is either a good uh, sacrifice or not. It is interesting to note, Jesus went to Jerusalem on the 10th of Nizon, according to John 12, first uh, 13 verses there. Oh, wow. So this is the what we call the triumphal entry. Jesus and, enters Jerusalem on the 10th of Nizon. Yeah. So it's like he comes to the... Right. He's presenting himself to the temple. And everybody's worshiping him. Just as the lamb yeah. <laughs> did here. The, the lamb was pure. Jesus was pure, according First Peter 1 and uh, many other verses. Uh, you could not break the bones of the lamb for Passover whenever you slew it. Um, and that is the same thing that happens to, to Jesus. No bones were broken. No bones were broken. Um, and the blood of that lamb was shed for the sins of the household that presented it. It was a sin offering. Yeah. And so there was this transference that happened where, uh, uh, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. So, uh, but anyway, the, the whole model here is that, um, is that Jesus was this, this sacrifice. Right. Of, and, and so all the, all of this happened in, uh, this same time frame um, when when Jesus died. Um, so let's look at uh, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. This ties in very closely. The, um, the Feast of Unleavened, uh, Unleavened Bread is on the 15th. Actually, it's on the 15th through the 21st of Nizan. Uh, so this is a week-long event. It's right after... Passover. The day after. So, for example, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, um, most people assume that was a Friday. Right. That's a good Friday, you know, right? Uh, but, and the reason why they, reason why people go there is because it says that the Jews wanted the to bo- take the body, the body down off the cross before the 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 the, the Sabbath. Sabbath. That's yeah, right. and so everyone goes, "Oh, Saturday's the Sabbath," so, so it, it had, had to be been the Friday. Friday. Yeah, but what a lot of people haven't taken in consideration is that the fifteenth of Nisan was the beginning of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and it was a Sabbath, and it's a Sabbath no matter what day it falls on. Right. So uh, if you do the the model. I really don't think Jesus died on a Friday. I mean, I don't have a problem celebrating Good that Friday. on a Friday. Yeah. <laughs> but I really don't think it happened then because you, you have, if you go full three days, three nights in the grave, you can't fit that between Friday and Sunday. Right. <laughs> uh, and I really think that it happened um, earlier in the week. But uh, that being said, you have this full week of, of unleavened, of eating unleavened bread. And um, in fact, it, it was a big thing. You couldn't even have leaven in your house during this time frame. Right. So all of this is established at the same time that Passover uh, Passover was. Um, it's an extension of Passover in a way. Um, so if you look at some of the things about the eating of the unleavened bread, that is pretty uh, traditional. The matzah, the bread that you actually uh, partake of, is both striped and pierced whenever you prepare it. And if you look at Jesus says, I am the bread of life, right? Right. So his, his, it's by his stripes we were healed, Isaiah 53, and his hands and feet were pierced. Right. And so there you've got, you know, this, this model happening here. Um, there was traditionally three pieces of matzah on the plate that whenever you would do this. And, the middle piece is broken and then wrapped in a cloth right, and then hidden away. That's brilliant. 
So what does that make us think of? Oh, Jesus in the tomb, right? Right, yeah. And so, and plus you had three crosses on Calvary. And the middle one was Jesus. And he's the one in the middle. Right. Broken, taken down, wrapped up, buried. Right. And so, I mean, it's just, the whole thing is just well, and so rich. If you look at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which happens right after the Passover, <clears throat> and you look at the model of salvation, what happens, right? So Passover, which is the sacrifice, makes you clean. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, when you clean your house... No, that's good. You're getting rid of everything that's dirty, and every piece of dirt, right, in yeah. your house. That's the idea. So, yeah, Christ's sacrifice cleanses us, makes us clean, gets rid of all that dirt and gunk in our life, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. And it's... it's uh, Leaven is traditionally a type or a shadow of sin. Sin, that's right. It's a representation of sin. And so this is, I mean, it's a perfect illustration yeah. of, of, of Jesus in our lives. Now, the third, there's a third feast. All three of these feasts happen right at the same time. That's why this is a, such an important big thing for the Israelites and for the Jewish right. community. This. So you've got these three feasts. You've got the Passover, you've got the Feast of Unleavened Bread, um, and then you have... Um, Oh, which, by the way, the Feast of Unleavened bread, bread in their language is Hag Hamatzah. Hamatzah. So that's kind of what I was doing. Uh, right. <laughs> a play on there at the first show. Uh, but the, there's a third feast that happens right in this same time frame. And that is the Feast of First Fruits. And it happens on the, um, on the first day or the day after the first sabbath after passover <laughs> say that again <laughs> okay so you have a passover whenever it falls mm-hmm. could happen anytime right okay the next sabbath the following day after the first after the next sabbath is the feast of first fruits so let's let's think for a minute oh this is so good so what happens if, if jesus let's say that um that that Jesus actually that that Passover occurred on say a Wednesday or a Thursday, in the middle of the week. When is the 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 next Sabbath day besides the the one that's tied to the feast? It's going to be Saturday, right? And then the very next day is Sunday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. which is Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday. And it is it is Resurrection Sunday. Oh yeah, and that would have been their celebration of the Feast of First Fruits. Mm. So uh, I'm I'm going to read some of this here because um, I've got a little guide here that, okay. and these guys explain it a lot better than me. So let's say it says on um, this is also referred to as uh, Yom Habekurim, and uh, people offered the first ripe sheaf or their first fruit, of barley to the Lord as an act of dedicating the harvest to him. On Passover, a marked sheaf of grain was bundled and left standing in the field. On the next day, the first day of unleavened bread, the sheaf was cut and prepared for an offering on the third day. (laughs) (laughs) See a pattern occurring here. Oh, yeah. Okay, so on this third day, Yom Habakurim, the priest waved the sheaf before the Lord, counting the days, and uh, then begins and continues until the day after the seventh Sabbath, or the 50th day, which is called Shavuot, um, or Pentecost. So we'll get to that in a, in a little bit. So this is a, an ongoing thing that, that happens. The Jewish people rarely celebrate this today, but it has great significance for followers of Jesus as the most important day of the year, the day of Jesus's resurrection. So um, anyway, there, there's all kinds of cool stuff here. Um, one of the things I want to go to, and this goes back to us talking about the calendar, the Jewish calendar. Yeah. There's a cool thing that happens. In Genesis, the, hang on a second here, Genesis 8. Now, what, what we have here going on is the Noah and the ark and all of this happening. So you have God wiping out Mankind, right, and Noah and his family surviving on the ark with all the the animals, and they mm-hmm. come they they um they're they're on hanging out in the water waiting for the waters to subside, right, 
and they finally hit ground. Now, for some reason, and anytime the scriptures choose to give you a, a piece of trivial information like this, it's not, it's probably not too trivial. Like, I think every name, place, uh, date has a, some sort of significance to it, right? Right. Um, well, the Holy Spirit chose to to give us this through um, through Moses. So when he's talking about um, the ark coming to shore, it gives us a date. It says, On the 17th day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on one of the mountains of Ararat. Now, under the current Jewish calendar, that would be what? I don't know. That would be Nizon. Right. But under the, the, the uh, calendar that they were under, uh, I'm sorry, under their calendar, it was Nizon. Right. Under our calendar, it would be Tishri. Uh, I say ours, the new one. Sure. Okay, so basically, you have the 17th day of Nizon is when the ark landed on Ararat. This is the pre-anniversary of the resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus. It's this whole picture of new life, right? Right. And and so if you put these three feasts together again, you have Passover, which is the sacrifice of the lamb, right? You have the feast of unleavened bread, which is the cleansing of us, our sin, because of the sacrifice of the lamb. And then you have the resurrection, which is the celebration of new life in Christ. Yeah. This yeah. is the gospel in feasts. And and, and you've got the, and you've got it being <laughs> <laughs> echoed and shadowed like in, in the most obscure way yeah. here in the ark coming to rest life is starting afresh it's a brand new day you've got <laughs> right it's the same thing that happened new covenant new uh, new life yeah and it's echoed over and over and, again and, uh, and then <laughs> okay uh let's look at some just some trivial things other significant things that have happened on this particular day throughout scriptures the manna which god provided from heaven as food for the israelites while they wandered in the wilderness stopped after they crossed the river of jordan into the promised land on this day <laughs> now think about that what's wow. the significance of that they're going into a new land yes you little <laughs> I'm longing for It's another you. beginning. Yes. Uh, Queen Esther, this was the day that she risked her life to save the, the Jewish people from annihilation. Wow. When she went into the king. Of course, Jesus rose from the dead on this day. Um, and uh, But anyway, it, it, it's just really, really interesting. So another significant feast that comes along um, after all of this is... Um, is the Feast of Weeks. Shavat. Shavuot, or Pentecost. Um, this is another very significant one for us as oh, yeah. Christians. It was The Holy Spirit falls upon the first Christians. Yeah. And so you have the church coming together, the church forming, basically, right. uh, here at, at Pentecost. So what is Pentecost? What in the world is this? Well, we mentioned it a little bit in the last one. There's the, it's 50 days after Passover. Uh, it's called the, the Feast of Weeks because of that, because of the, the number of weeks that, uh, that, meant that it goes by. It's 50 days after Passover it is celebrated, and it's also known as Pentecost, which is mm -hmm. referring to that. Feast of Weeks, the Feast of Harvest, and the Latter First Fruits, it's called all of these. It is a time to present an offering of new grain, of the summer wheat harvest to the Lord. It shows joy and thankfulness for the Lord's blessing of harvest. It's often called the Matan Torah or the giving of the law. It's tied to the Ten Commandments because it's believed that God gave Moses the Ten Commandments on that day. Historically, children receive treats from memorizing scriptures on Shavuot. The book of Ruth is often read to celebrate the holiday. Pentecost is a popular day for Jewish confirmation. Shavuot is one of the three pilgrimage feasts when all Jewish males are required to go to Jerusalem to appear before the Lord. Okay, so there's some significance um, in in this. This is a big one for them. Yeah. Um, there are two loaves of, of leavened bread, which are 
presented to 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 God, mm-hmm. uh, and Gentiles can do this as well. Uh, and and so anyway, that's very interesting. Whenever you look at like Acts ten, whenever Cornelius comes in, oh yeah, you have the entering of the Gentiles right into this. Now stop and think about it. it's been unleavened bread, unleavened bread, unleavened bread, and all of a sudden, you know what? Leaven bread. Let's do some leavened bread too. <laughs> Everything's been about unleavening because it's been an echo of Christ. Right. But think about this. If this is a type and shadow of the church, yes, we have leaven in us. Yeah. We strive to put it away, but it's still there. There. Uh and it is included. Um Two lambs are offered on Shavuot. Um, so if you think about that, Jews Jew, and Gentiles. Gentile, yeah. um, you've got this always occurring on the first day of, of, of the week, uh, which is um, an interesting time frame for it. And uh, it one of the, the reasons why people now call Sunday or the first day of the week... Uh, the Christian Sabbath or whatever. Right, yeah. That's reason why people we gather on Sunday right. is because of this, because people say, well, it began on Here. the first day of the week. That's right. And uh so and and we have examples of the early church meeting on the first day of the week, probably because that's when Shavuot, Shavuot occurred. Right. Um so anyway, that's a interesting thing. Um let's see. There is one of the things that that happens on this holiday is uh, homes and synagogues are decorated with flowers and greenery, which represents the harvest and the Torah as a tree of life. Observant Jews often spend the night reading and studying the Torah. Wow. So anyway, um, okay, so the next, the next feast that shows up on the calendar doesn't roll around until about September or October time frame, which is the new year. Going back to the original calendar, Tishri was the first month. And so um, this Feast of Trumpets or the new year occurs. Rosh Hashanah right. is, is what this is called. So this is like, it, it, it's called the Feast of Trumpets because they blow the shofar. The shofar. Uh, traditionally. And uh, so <clears throat> Rosh Hashanah is uh, the 10 days of repentance that f- and is the 10 days of repentance that follows it. Uh, and Yom Kippur make up the high holy days. Uh, Jewish tradition says that God writes every person's words, deeds, and thoughts in the book of life, which he opens and examines on this day. Of course, this this is Jewish tradition. Right. <clears throat> if good deeds outnumber sinful ones of the year, that person's name will be inscribed in the book of another year on Yom Kippur. So during Rosh Hashanah and the 10 days of repentance, people can repent of their sins and do good things to increase their chances of being inscribed in, in the book. Yeah. The, wow. Prior to Rosh Hashanah, the shofar or the ram's horn, is blown to call people to repent and remind them that the holy days are coming. (laughs) So during the Rosh Hashanah synagogue services, the shofar is blown 100 times. Wow. (laughs) So um, it is a serious New Year holiday. Right. Not a happy one like January 1st is for us. <laughs> <laughs> They're not out partying until the break of day right? <laughs> on, on, on this day. No, they are out repenting. Yeah, they send they send each other cards traditionally and with messages on them, basically saying, may you be inscribed in the book of life. <laughs> right. I hope you make it, man. Yeah. <laughs> it is traditional for people to eat apple slices dipped in honey. The apples represent provision, and the honey represents sweetness to the coming year. And many Jewish people attend Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur services, even if they have not attended synagogue services for the rest of the year. So it's kind of like Christians who are... Uh, Easter Sunday. Yeah, they're, they're Christians. Christ- Christmas, or Christmas and Easter. Easter and Mother's Day. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, don't forget Mother's yeah. Day. So one of the things I thought I thought about when I was thinking of models and stuff is this trumpet blowing thing is very common in prophetic 
uh, lingo, especially when Jesus is talking about the end of days and right. and this sort of thing, and the trumpet sounding, and Matthew twenty four verse thirty one talks about when the trumpet is sounding. First uh, Corinthians fifteen fifty two uh, refers to the trumpet sounding. Uh, so there's some stuff going on there. It's kind of like the world ending. Yeah, it's often referred to as the day of judgment too. So uh, think of what Jesus u- uses that term yeah. uh, differently in John five. I mean, you can um, definitely continue on with this pattern. So you have the Jews and Gentiles being accepted in the Feast of Weeks, right? Mm-hmm. And then the end of the world, the trumpet yeah. sounding. And look what they're doing. They're saying, "Is your name written in the Book of Life?" Right. Okay. Well, there's a Lamb's Book of Life according to the Revelation. Right. And it's not quite the same. No. It has to do with have, have you trusted in Jesus right. as your as his blood atonement? Covered you. That's right. Yes. And so that's how your name gets written in the right. Lamb's Book of Life. It's not about does your good outweigh your bad. bad. That's right. The way they were uh, traditionally uh, doing it here. Wow. Okay. The next one, Yom Kippur. We mentioned that a little bit. This is a big one for Jews. This is the Day of Atonement. This is when the sacrifice for sins happens for everyone, right? And everyone shows up, and they. Uh, this happens on the tenth of Tishri, uh, which once again is in that September October uh, time frame. It's the national day of repentance with sin offerings and numerous other rituals. According to Leviticus sixteen, is uh, where this comes from. Um, so there are 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and those are na- re- known as the days of repentance. And Yom Kippur is the final day of judgment when God judges the people. And in, in biblical times, the high priest sacrificed an animal to pay for his sins and the sins of the people. It was a time of fasting and prayer. The shofar or the ram's horn is blown at the end of the evening's prayer service for the first time since Rosh Hashanah. And when the high priest was finished with the atonement sacrifice, a goat was released into the wilderness. The scapegoat carried Israel's sins away, never to return. Okay, so there's all. So there's two goats. There's one that's being sacrificed for the sins, right? And his blood is being sprinkled on the mercy seat, the holy of holies, mm-hmm. right? And the other goat, they pray over this other goat, and then they release him into the wilderness, never to be seen again. And this is the scapegoat. So the picture is Israel sins leaving them. Yes. All right. Pretty cool. So when you look at this, I, I mean, obviously you have a huge Christ picture in this, mm-hmm. right? He's both of these goats. Right. He's the one that's sacrificed. And, well, and there's there's so many stuff, so much stuff that's happening here. Right. Um, if we go all the way back to the temple ceremonies, it all ties to this Yom Kippur. Right. Right. I mean the. The priest, they make the sacrifice. This is the one time of the year they can actually enter Enter, into the holiest of holies. And, you know, we've talked about the whole Nadab and Abihu guffaw. And those guys got singed. Strange fire. Strange fire. And brought the strange fire in. (laughs) Uh, They were unclean in in the presence of of God. And that's why they died. And But, you know, people remembered that. And, and there is the the tradition that says that uh, that you tied a rope to the priest, right, to drag him out if they thought <laughs> just in thought case he dies in yeah. the holy of holies, you can get him out of there. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So you have this whole uh, the veil between the holy of holies right. and the holy place. What happened when Jesus died? That was torn from top to bottom. Yes, it was removed. Giving is a symbol of our access to the throne of God uh, through Jesus' sacrifice. Um, So you've got the the veil thing happening. Um, So on on that, well, if you look at at Hebrews 9, it talks about how that system was flawed because it was of this earth. Yeah. And and then it talked about how Jesus then became our high priest for us and went in one time for all of us instead of it having to be an annual uh, type of, of event. Wow. Uh, so anyway, yeah, we talked about the scapegoat thing. So yeah, there's all this, this symbology in the Day of Atonement that is tied to Jesus' sacrifice as well. Sure. 
Okay, now let's, let's talk about the, the, well, the last one I've got on my list here is the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, so, so this one is a little weird. It happens also in Tishri, um, the 15th through the 21st. Um, so it is, it is called uh, Suk- Sukkot. And <laughs> so basically, it's um, a week-long celebration of the fall harvest and a time to build booths, temporary shelters made out of branches, to remember how the Hebrew people lived under God's care during their 40 years in the wilderness. Right. Uh, that's according to Nehemiah 8. The celebration is a reminder of God's faithfulness and protection. Jews continue to celebrate Sukkot by building and dwelling in temporary booths for eight days. The four special plants used to cover the booths are citron, myrtle, palm, and willow. That's in Leviticus 39. Sukkot is one of the three pilgrimage feasts when all Jewish males are required to go to Jerusalem and appear before the Lord, according to Deuteronomy 16. So uh, there's all kinds of, of, this is a strange one to me. I mean, you're building these little huts outside the... <laughs> well, I it just screams end times to me. This whole, these last three together mm-hmm. scream end times, right? You have the, the trumpet blowing where God's going to have the last judgment. Then you have, but the Day of Atonement, where God forgives all the ones that, mm-hmm. that are in the land of life, and then they leave these temporary homes for their eternal home. Hey, that's good. I mean, it's this huge picture of of what happens next. Like these are the, these are the feasts that we're looking forward to, right? Yes, this is it. So okay. it's like it's like past and future, right? right. Like it's, it's 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 the whole story. These these seven feasts are the whole story of of uh, of God and 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 His people. It's so cool. Um, I've got on here um, as a reference Second uh, Corinthians five, uh, first few verses. There it says, "For we know that if our earthly house, the tent we live in, is dismantled, we have a building from God, a house not built with human hands that is eternal in the heavens." For in this earthly house we groan because we desire to put on our our heavenly dwelling. If indeed, after we have put on our heavenly house, we will not be found naked. For we groan while we are in this tent. Um, since we are weighed down because we do not want to be unclothed, but clothed so that, we, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Mm. Now the one who prepared us for this very purpose is God who gave us the Spirit as a down payment. Therefore, we are always full of courage, and we know that as long as we are alive on the earth, we are absent from the Lord, for we live by faith, not by sight. Thus, we are full of courage and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So that's kind of what's being echoed here in in this last feast. It is the last feast, uh, which I think, as you, you know, said, it echoes the last day. Yeah, like it is. It. it is an echo of is, is of a model. It's a model of things to yet to come. Right. Um, there's a interesting thing here with the number seven. Yeah. So this is the seventh feast. The okay, seven is the number of completeness, right? Right. And so. Um, this is kind of why I wanted to just focus on the Old Testament feasts because they're complete in and of themselves. Sure, there are others that that are uh, some of them have been made more like a extension of one of these other feasts or or whatever. And then you have uh, Pur- Purim and you've got um, um, uh, Hanukkah right. and these other feasts that were added a little bit later. But these seven feasts here. Uh, this last one is the completion of the model. Right. And because of that, the number seven comes up a lot in, in and around this feast of Sukkoth, uh, uh, Sukkoth, Sukkot. Sukkot. <laughs> Sukkot. Um, so there are um, seven days, basically, of the, right. the, the, uh, of the feast. 
There are 70 bulls that are offered during this time frame, <laughs> which is seven times 10. Right. There are 14 rams that are offered, which is seven times two. There are 98 lambs that are offered during this time frame. Wow. Seven times 14. Right. Which 14 is also significant because it's a, a, a double seven. Right. So, <laughs> so you have all this stuff that's that's happening here. Um that is tied to this last um, this last day, but anyway, I just think that in and of itself is a really cool um, model. Uh, it's it's interesting to note that uh, Jesus used this last uh, feast as an opportunity to do some um, impressive things. Um, he made a model in uh, John. I'll flip over there right quick. In John 7, he did this on this feast. Verse, John 7, verse 37. It says, On the last day of the feast, the greatest day, Jesus stood up and shouted out, If anyone's thirsty, let him come to me, and let the one who believes in me drink, just as the scriptures say, from within him will flow rivers of living water. Wow. So how cool is that? It's like, this is the, you've just finished going through this model of my life. So here it is, guys. If anyone's thirsty, come to me. Right. (laughs) I'm what this is about. Yes. He he pretty much uh, did that. And then the next chapter, he kind of does it again in, in chapter eight. Verse 12, then Jesus spoke out again. I am the light of the world. The one who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Wow. So, I mean, he's like preaching gospel. Right. To them on the end of this, um, (laughs) on the end of this model. Yeah. Basically saying like what you said, this is all about me. Yeah. This whole thing. And you can see the linear progression of the entire thing. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. So if there's any doubt that, I mean, God orchestrates all of this to point to Christ and to point to our salvation, I mean, there it is right there, these seven feasts. Yeah. Absolutely amazing how he does that. Man, yeah. that'll preach. That's yeah, good pretty stuff. pretty cool. And of course, you know, Psalm 40, <clears throat> 40 verse 7 says, Lo, the book is about me. <laughs> That's right. Jesus prophesying, saying, Lo, behold, the whole book is about me. Yeah. So now you know a little bit more about the uh, the feast, so you can, uh, yeah. you know, tell your friends out there. Yeah. Go out there, <laughs> celebrate Passover, build some booths. That's right. <laughs> All right, you want to do some news? And now, the news. The U.S. abortion rate is at its lowest level since 1971. Wow. That's pretty amazing. Number of abortions being performed in America is at the near historic low, according to the report from the CDC, which is based on the most recent data from 2013. The last time the abortion rate was lower than its current uh, than it is currently was 1971. As the AP notes, the rate of abortions among women 15 to 44 in 2013 is 12.5 per 1,000 women. It's so low that it it is actually half of what it was in 1980. Wow. Surprising. That's exciting. It's very surprising. And it's exciting to note, but at the same time... It's still happening. It's still happening. That's right. It's still a Holocaust, and it still needs to be uh, snuffed out. So So if Hitler started killing half the number of Jews he was killing, still... still be a problem. still a problem. That's right. (laughs) Okay. Um, so the first images of Joaquin Phoenix as Jesus has come out. Oh my, Joaquin Phoenix. As Jesus. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, if you don't know, there's a movie, uh, called Mary Magdalene that is being in, made in in production right now. Yeah. And, uh, they've, they've slipped some, uh, some photos and they're very interesting looking. Uh, there's one that... Joaquin is working on the cross with some directors, and he's like half hanging up there trying to mess with his arm, and it's kind of interesting. I mean, he just, he looks flabby, honestly, which is kind of scary. And then there's another one with him in his full beard, 
and like he looks like I don't know Johnny Cash as Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I've this, seen him with a full beard. It yeah. looks really, really um, like frizzy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's very interesting. Um, the biopic is about uh, Mary Magdalene. Uh, it's going to focus on her and. Uh, it's going to focus on cultural turbulence, human passions, and devotional beliefs that are mm-hmm. set in the motion of, of much of modern history. So, it's uh, I'm, I'm wondering what they're going to do there, if it's going to be the last be, temptation of Christ. It, yeah, all over again. it could be a total mess. So be uh, have never that, can tell. Yeah, have that one on your. Right hard. It's so funny the Walking Phoenix. You know, that's the that's worst. the one role. If I was an actor. I would never. No, it's like, no, you can't. I could. I could never do that. I, that would be. I mean, it from a standpoint of it would be an honor, you know, to 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 do it. But at the same time, I don't think I could. I don't think I could do it. No, because it'd be like I don't know. Just feel wrong. It'd feel blasphemous. Who's got the chops, man? I mean, who's got the chops? And I think the Passion of the Christ is probably the best Jesus I ever saw, mm-hmm. personally. But you know, and it's not because of all the blood and gore. I just think he played a really good Jesus. Yeah. Um, but you know, actually, there wasn't a lot of him because it was mostly that 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 role nearly killed him. By the way. Oh yeah. Yeah. Have you heard any of the behind the scenes stuff? No. Did they like, like all the, the cross scenes? You know, they were like, you know, act like you're in pain. He was literally like in pain. He he his his uh, he separated his shoulder up there, and I mean, it was all this stuff that he got hit by lightning while he was while hanging on the cross filming that. There's all kinds of weird stuff. It's wow. It's really a wacky thing. You know, my favorite scene in that entire movie had nothing to do with the cross. It had everything to do with him and Mary at his house making that table. Oh yeah, yeah. I loved that scene. It's just cool. And Mary's like, "Why? Why is it so tall?" And he's like, "One day people will sit like this." You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I remember thinking, "Oh wow, like, that's yeah, a was, little far." I know, but I loved it. I just thought it was so cool. It was like, "Oh, that's great." Anyways, but yeah, definitely not blonde hair, blue eyed Jesus in that one. So okay, uh, in other news, there are now twenty six million orphans in West and Central Africa. Mm. Twenty six million orphans. Woo. Um, it's hard for people to even get their head around that's right. what kind of number that is. It's I, insane. It is an insane. Well, okay, so I did a million man march uh, in D.C., like the Christian Promise Keepers thing back whenever I was 16. And I thought that was a huge sea of humanity, right? A million people. Well, you, you go to a football game and there's 60,000 in attendance at an OU game, right? And mm-hmm. that is a huge, like, yeah. 60,000. Now... Like twenty six million compared to sixty thousand, not even close. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, it says a huge factor of this number is a cycle of violence and poverty facing Congo, where there are more than four million children have lost at least one parent. Uh, this breakdown in security and family longevity means children are being forced uh, to look after themselves and their younger siblings, leaving them vulnerable to exploitation and traffickers or armed rebel forces. Mm -hmm. Organizations across the region are working to bring, uh, healing and provisions to the lives affected, uh, by the brutalities of civil wars and exploitation. Yet a generation is growing up, uh, as the silent victims of decades of violence left to grapple with how to build a future out of tragedy, with the traumas they've endured. See, it's things like that that made me think, you know, I've got a grandson that could have been part of that statistic. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's one of those things where my, my daughter has to constantly a- answer that question. Why don't you adopt from over there when there's all these orphans over here? You know, and that, that sort of thing. That It just really grates on her. It's, it's like, no, you don't understand. You are asking the wrong question. Period. You're just asking the wrong question. That's what it is. You're wrong. Like, come on. Honestly. It doesn't mean that one's more deserving or anything like that. But, you know, when you've got their options over there, are they either, most of them will either die uh, of natural causes they will be sold into uh, sex trafficking, sex trafficking uh, boys and girls, or they will be s- stolen and used for soldiers. Yep. 
rebel rebel soldiers and uh you know or i mean even put as slaves yeah. in sierra leone put in you know <clears throat> yeah, diamond the, mines right there's very little option that's crazy so miss on the back of that think about black friday and then listen to this one cards <laughs> against humanity yeah the, <laughs> the game intentionally wasted a hundred thousand dollars digging a hole to make fun of black friday over the weekend, people from around the world went online and gave the markers of the controversial game Cards Against Humanity $100,000 for the sole reason of wasting the money on a giant hole. Last year, as part of the anti-Black Friday joke, they asked people to send them $5 in exchange for nothing. That campaign raised 70000 This year, they promised to keep digging the hole while donations came in as users watched a bulldozer digging via webcams on the uh, over the weekend. <laughs> On their website, they posted a fact to try and explain why they were wasting money on a huge hole. Is there some sort of deeper meaning or purpose to the hole? No. What do I get from contributing money to the hole? A deeper hole. What else are you going to buy? An iPod? Why aren't you giving all this money to charity? This is interesting. Why aren't you giving all this money to charity? It's your money. Is the hole bad yeah, for Yeah, why are you giving money to my hole? Exactly. And, you know, but that's my thing is Americans just don't get it. Like 26 million orphans, mm-hmm. and we're going to throw $100,000 to... And that's just a sample. I mean, it's not even really, uh, you know, how much money was actually spent, spent on Black Friday. On Black Friday. Yeah. Ridiculous. Anyways. So there's Off no... our soapbox. No. Yeah, there's no feel-good lesson <laughs> after this one. Just feel really bad for yourself, America. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's harsh. <laughs> Anyways, on this day in church history. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so was it any better back in time? This... Unfortunately, not really. There's nothing new under the sun, there so says a... the preacher. Yeah, that's right. John Bunyan was born on this day in history. Oh. He's a very important person. Yes. In fact, extremely important for Protestantism. Uh, his book, uh, Pilgrim's Progress, mm-hmm. there were th- basically three books that every Christian Protestant had back in the day. <laughs> with the Bible, the Pilgrim's Progress, and then a book of prayers, a book of common yeah, prayer. Yeah. Right? Uh, and uh Pilgrim's Progress, written by a guy who went to grammar school, and that was about it. John Bunyan, he was born on this day in 1628. He he wasn't a Christian. He married a Christian woman, and uh, praise the Lord for that woman, because she finally led him to the Lord. Yeah. He surrendered uh, to the ministry, started preaching, and was thrown in prison for it for 10 years, then released... And then thrown back in prison again for 10 years for preaching as a Protestant in a uh, uh, in during the Church of England's reign, basically. Okay. So they didn't like him, you know, preaching. Yeah. And during that time in prison, he wrote the most famous book uh, of, of Christendom, mm-hmm. besides the Bible, The Pilgrim's Progress. It, it is the best-selling Christian <laughs> book ever, uh, besides the Bible. Um, and was a very uh, important. I uh, love that book. Allegory about mm-hmm. a Christian's walk through life, P- a pilgrim, right? Uh, Christian, Christian. That's right, yeah. Christian, and his progress, yeah. right, mm-hmm. uh, to heaven, walking the the carrying the, carrying that load, carrying road. all that weight of sin on his back until he dropped yeah. the, the load. So, mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, anyways, it's a great book. You ought to go check it out, and. Uh, and that's uh, that's all I got, man. Oh, okay. That's it. Uh, you want to do some trivia? Bring it on. Theo trivia. All right. Give me one second here. I'm gonna pull up my random number generator. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we've got. Um, Oh, we got seven categories. Number. So I will take category six, which is New Testament. All right. Who wanted Paul? Oh, no, not wanted. Who warned Paul of a plot against his life by the Jews? I 
I've drawn a blank on this guy's name. He's from Ephesus. He's one of the elders of Ephesus or whatever. Um, hmm. Right? Acts 20? Acts 23. 23. But it says his niece. Oh, then this is not what I'm thinking about. No. So, so what's the answer? Uh, his niece. That's the answer, but it doesn't say her name. What? I'm gonna, Paul's niece. I'm going to Google this because I know exactly who you're talking about, and I don't know what <laughs> the this guy is who brought about. out the belt, right? And, and he bound his hand. Said, and he this said, is what's going to happen to you if you go back to Jerusalem. Yeah. Right. Acts twenty-three <laughs> sixteen. I don't know if that buzzer was for me or for the game uh, manufacturers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Here we go. And I've got it. Uh, now then, you and the Sanhedrin petition the commander to bring him down to you uh, on the pretext of examining his case more caref- carefully. We are ready to kill him on the way. But when the son of Paul's sister heard about the ambush, he went into the barracks and told Paul. The son of Paul's sister. The son of Paul's sister. That would be his nephew. Yeah, why does it say niece? <laughs> Throw this thing out. <laughs> well, either way... It's just, yeah. Okay, I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't either. That's interesting. Yeah, we learn something new every day, Yeah, man. awesome. Okay, it looks like you're getting names. Okay. Um, How many... What is that, names? Oh, numbers. Of course no. it's numbers. Yeah. How many generations were there... From Sarah to Jacob. Abraham and Sarah had Isaac. Mm -hmm. Isaac and his wife, Rachel, had Jacob. Correct. So two, I'd say two generations. Right on. All right. All right, I got number two, so that is history and geography. What In what country did Joseph, the son of Jacob, die? Oh, it was Isaac and Rebekah, not Rachel. Correct, Joseph and Rachel. Or no, uh, Jacob and Rachel. Man, I'm off. What country did Joseph die? Yes. Egypt. Yeah. Yes, Egypt. I knew it. You're giving me the answer before you read the answer. It was definitely Egypt. Oh, you get prophecy. Oh, great. (laughs) Here we go. Which of the seven vials or bowls Bowls. of Revelation causes an earthquake? Not a revelation guy, so I'm just gonna guess this the bowl of wrath. What number? Six, five, four, seven. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was the seventh. That is according to the Revelation chapter 16, okay. verses 17 through 18. Dang. You know what? Those those type of questions are the ones that always trip me yeah. up whenever we're playing. Well, I don't. I don't know. We need to do. We've done a revelation, kind of. You talking about uh, an episode? Yeah. On it. We've done the different. Uh, Have we? Dispensationalism. Oh, oh, we did uh, end times. End times studies. prophecy. Yeah, but we didn't do it to. We could do it from a completely like, just a symbolic standpoint. But even then, there's so much. Um, interpretation oh, that goes yeah. into it no matter what it's gonna it's gonna reveal your uh end times belief <laughs> no matter what no matter how you slice it right <laughs> if you even have one it could be all over the map <laughs> i really don't know i need to you know i need to study but i don't really want to so i just have to i know jesus is coming back and that's all that matters to me so yeah, I know I should be studying my Bible. Mm. I read the Bible some. <laughs> that story you told me, it ain't in there. It ain't in there. Mm, you're not done that to you, boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, you ready to get out of here? French fried taters. Mm.
All right, let's do it. The Theo Notch part of the Great Commission Training <laughs> Mission Network. <laughs> Using new media and social networking to go into all the world. <laughs> oh, it's getting late. It is. We're trying oh. to proclaim the good news to everyone Amen. here. To find out more, go to gctnetwork.com, subscribe to the newsletter, and stay up to date with all of our shows, including Finding Christ in Cinema. Visit our website at theodotspodcast.com for show notes and outlines. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast catcher, and be sure to rate us because that helps us reach a larger audience. There are several ways you can contact us and leave us feedback. Send us email to theonots at gctnetwork.com or call us on our voicemail line, which is 972-885-7270. Tweet to us on Twitter using at Theonautical. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash theonauts. If you like us and want more Theonauts, drop us a a buck or two at patreon.com slash theonauts. Your patronage helps uh, in our expenses like hosting fees and equipment costs. Don't forget to tune in again and explore the vast reaches of God's word with us. All right, Jeremiah, thanks for being here, brother. Thank you, David. All right, God bless. This has been the Theonauts Podcast. Call us with your questions or comments at 972-885-7270. That's 972-885-7270. We'd love to hear from you. You are tuned in to the GCT Network. This is your Great Commission. This is your Great Commission transmission. At gctnetwork.com. You guys! Sometimes you're bad! Don't be jerks!